Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. Joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, the college season is going way too fast. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with you there, man. It's wild that we're already talking week four, heading into week five. I mean, most uh, college fantasy leagues, it's only like a 10-week season, right? So we're like almost halfway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we got we got bye weeks to deal with now in college football. It's it's crazy. Crazy, I tell you. But let's get into the show today. We are going to talk about the biggest college football games from week four. Of course, from a Debbie perspective, as always. But before we do, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie Big Board patrons have access to the Dynasty Plus Debbie Big Board and Consensus Crew Rankings, the 2024 Rookie Big Board, 2023 Seasonal Projections, and full access to the RBB Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than all the money I would have if I had a nickel for every moron on Twitter who thinks the Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you don't think they should, huh? No, not unless they get a truckload for him. I mean, he's he's playing well. I, I guess, do these people understand how hard it is to find a good quarterback? They're Vikings fans. They should know this. It, <laughs> it took us forever. Like, good grief. It's like... So it's you, don't, you don't buy the trade Kirk and tank for Caleb narrative then, I guess. I mean... If trading Kirk guaranteed the 101, I would at least listen to that discussion. It, <laughs> I think that would make sense, but but they're just making it sound like that's a gimme. It's like, no. There's a lot and, of bad teams in the NFL. And even if they do that, it doesn't solve the other problems. <laughs> like, I mean, if 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 you draft him and, and he's and he's as good as Kirk Cousins, we'd be ecstatic, but we still have all these other problems. It's like, or you just keep the good quarterback fix the defense and up the middle in the offensive line. And yeah, I could go on forever. All right. We, we don't want to derail this right from the start. It's probably <laughs> too late, but you can now try the rookie big board for free. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our discord, get trade help, roster advice, and chop it up with our community of over 250 fantasy football sickos. The one news from this week, kind of a disappointing one. Cause we've, mentioned him previously old miss tight end michael trigg is no longer with the program i don't have any more information i don't know have you heard anything about what's happening here i have not heard anything i mean i know that he is the tight end too he's the backup behind caden Priestcorn, who just came back this was his first week back healthy on the roster so and trigg didn't show much um when he did have the starting role briefly for these first couple of weeks while, while priest corn was hurt. So um, maybe he wasn't happy being the backup. They weren't happy with what he was giving them. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but this is why you don't spend a whole lot of draft capital and, and resources on, on Debbie tight ends, especially. So mm -hmm. Let's move into our review. The first game we want to talk about, it was a big one, Clemson and Florida State. We'll start with the guys that we felt looked good. Who who are some guys that you identified from that game? Yeah, so I'll start with Johnny Wilson, who we've not, you know, we've 
on this show mostly focused on Keon Coleman from that wide receiver room, and he looked good too. We'll talk about him in a minute. But Johnny Wilson, I've not known exactly what to do with this guy. I mean, how many six foot seven wide receivers do you see in the NFL? It just makes you wonder like, is he, should he convert to tight end? Can he actually make it work at that size uh, as an NFL wide receiver? But I'll tell you, I was really impressed with his movement skills for a guy that size. I mean, you might have seen the clip going around Twitter. I think Joe O'Leary posted it <laughs> during the game. And you see him lined up across from this cornerback in press coverage. And he is literally like twice the size of the cornerback. I mean, it looks like Shaq standing next to Muggsy Bogues or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and Johnny Wilson dusts him off the line with a really clean release move. And then the cornerback is running full sprint to try to catch back up with Johnny Wilson, and he can't catch him. Half his size, he can't catch him. So I'm intrigued. I'm impressed. He had another good box score in this one. Uh, There's some drop issues with Johnny Wilson, but he also makes some spectacular catches as well, and I'm just very intrigued by the, the way he can move at his size. Yeah, 6'7", by the way, 235, and he's eligible in 2024. So I wanted to get that in about Johnny Wilson. The next guy on the list is a running back for the other team in this game, Clemson. Of course, that's Will Shipley, and he is starting to look, I I would say, like the guy we thought he would be when he was first recruited and, and joined the Tigers. He's had glimpses of that in the past, but you know the offense has been questionable, to downright boring and awful at times. And I don't know if, if he just kind of got lost in the shuffle or, or what the deal was, but watching this game, I felt like there was some of that explosiveness, the elusiveness. Mm-hmm. He looks fluid catching the ball out of the backfield, which is what we mm-hmm. expected originally. And then also just, just running the ball looked, looked like a really good player. And I think, you know, he's, He's solidifying himself in that conversation of, you know, the top two tiers of, of running back in the 2024 class. And it's honestly, it's, it's wide open in my, in my opinion. There's a, there's a lot of guys that could step up and, yeah. and end up being, you know, the first, first, second or third guy taken. So I, yeah, I like Shipley. Yeah. He had four catches for 38 yards and a touchdown in this one to go along with 18 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. So not, the best yards per carry number, but you know, again, for three years now, he's basically shown he can hold up to a bell cow workload and the receiving, he ran a really nice angle route to burn a linebacker for a receiving touchdown. So he's showing not just the ability to catch a dump off, but really to go out there and run routes, which I love to see. He's got soft hands. He transitions really well from catching it to then running after the catch and can make guys miss and pick up extra yardage. He looks really efficient with his footwork between the tackles. So um, you mentioned elusiveness. He just, he gets skinny through the hole. He's patient. Like just, he's not the most explosive guy, but he just does everything well. And I think he's a guy that we've got a little bit of prospect fatigue on. Like he's just been so good for so many years that we've all kind of forgotten about him, but he's, he's a good player in the 2024 running back class. Uh, the last guy I, I want to mention, I, I said we'd talk about him, Keon Coleman, another monster game, two touchdowns. He had one at the end of the game where Jordan Travis just threw it up, 50-50 ball, and he made it look really easy. Uh, the contested catch ability for Keon Coleman is through the roof. But I wonder, 
there's a lot of buzz about him being a first round draft pick. Um, I'm consistently seeing tweets where he's being mentioned above guys like Odunze and Franklin and neighbors as like a top. I mean, you looked at that, the mock draft last week um, where he was one of two receivers taken in the first round, right? Or, or three, something like that. Yeah. Is the hype getting out of hand on him? Like we keep seeing these big contested catches, but we haven't necessarily seen him doing a ton of separating with crisp routes. He's pretty developmental. Are we getting too high on Keon Coleman at this point? I, I think that's a that's pretty aggressive, but I could be wrong. I used to favor the the bigger wide receiver, you know, that could get physical and win the ball that way. I don't as much anymore. I much prefer the, you know, five eleven ish, six foot, six foot one, or whatever that height is, but really just the the guy that runs such good crisp routes, uses excellent, you know, footwork and, and shift ability to, to get open and create separation. Those are the kinds of wide receivers that, that I prefer. I feel like those are the wide receivers that seem to be successful right away in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And they just have, have longevity because they're, they're constantly getting open and they get a high volume of targets, you know? So I, I'm going to have to revisit my, my rankings this Sunday when I've got some time while I'm watching the NFL, but I mean, I, I can't see him over at least a half dozen guys. I think, I think I've got you know Harrison and Neighbors and Ibuka and Odunze and, and Franklin for sure ahead mm-hmm. of him, and then he probably falls into that that spot there. But but it's yeah. you know it, it can change, right? I mean, if he keeps doing this, a lot could come down to the, the measurables at the combine. So I, I like that you brought you brought him up. the The guys from this game didn't look so good. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this because. Matt Hicks covered this on Monday's podcast on this very feed. If you did not listen to that, you really should. Matt Hicks is a really smart guy. Uh, if you did, then you know we're just confirming what he already said. So we, we agree with his analysis. Uh, Florida State running back Trey Benson isn't doing a whole lot to excite me. And mm-hmm. you, you mentioned uh, the wide receiver from Clemson, Bo Collins. I, I agree yeah. completely that he's not, the, he's not the best wide receiver on his team. Yeah, Bo Collins... For all the hype that he had a couple years ago, he's just not it, man. He he doesn't get open. He's got hands issues. There's, I don't I don't think he's got much of an NFL future. Um, and Trey Benson, I mean, seven carries, twenty five yards. Like that's just not what you want to see in a big game like this. And it's been pretty consistent this season. He's been in a committee. He's not as involved as we hoped that he'd be. He's not had any like hallmark games yet. He did have one really nice grab down the sideline on this one where he adjusted to a poorly thrown ball. And I was like, okay, look at the ball skills on Trey Benson. Uh, But overall he hasn't shown me a ton this year to make me want to, you know, move him up my 2024 running back ranks. If anything, he's moving down. So Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The next game we want to talk about Colorado, Oregon. I was very excited for this game. I was, I was maybe more excited for this football game than any other one on Saturday. And from just a college football standpoint, it could not have been more disappointing because this game was over pretty much from the get go, but we'll talk about it from a Debbie perspective, starting with the positive, the guys who look good Dwight's guy. And now I'm thinking your guy, Everyone else's guy, but my guy, Bo Nix, Oregon quarterback. People are getting excited about him. I I don't know. I'm still nervous, but tell me why you love Bo Nix. Uh, I just I think he's making really good decisions. He's getting the ball out quick. 
that experience of being, what is he like a sixth year starter in college or something is, is showing up and he's, he's making really good decisions. We know he has the arm talent. We know he has the mobility going all the way back to his pedigree as a recruit coming out. Like the talent is there and it seems like the mental side of it, he's finally put together, um, which it took him a while. <laughs> he's going to be an older prospect, but I mean, he's, he's a Heisman candidate. If he keeps balling out like this, he's going to get some good draft capital and, um, I think he's got a pretty good ceiling on him. So he looked great in this one. And the guy that he throws the ball to, Troy Franklin, man, he looked unstoppable. I think it was eight catches, 128 yards, two touchdowns, something in that ballpark. And it just they could not cover him. He was just running wide open. Travis Hunter must have been sitting at home like, oh, I wish I was playing in this game because nobody can cover this dude. Um Troy Franklin looked elite. I mean, just fast, fast for six foot three, just dusting guys off the line. So every single time I turn on Troy Franklin this year, he just looks like an absolute star. Yeah, I, I'm loving him more and more. I know Hicks has been a big Troy Franklin guy from day one, so he will be nodding in agreement on this one. Um, Bonex, by the way, turns 24 in February, so he'll be 24 at at draft time. And then the third guy we've got, that is Irving. Bucky Irving. Former gopher running back, Bucky Irving. Yeah. Man, we, he we, looks electric with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's listed yep. at 195 pounds, and that's the concern. I mean, usually whatever they list you at in college, you're going to weigh in less than that at the combine. So, like, if he comes in at a buck 85 or something for the combine – that's going to be tough, but he he looks really electric with the ball in his hands in space. He's not the best runner between the tackles, but he's great in the receiving game, and he can just make guys miss. It seems like every single time he makes the first guy miss, he never goes down on the first guy to get to him. So he's fun to watch, and I think he's got a role in the NFL. I don't know that he's going to have a big enough role in the NFL to be a fantasy-relevant guy, but you never know. We've had some smaller guys come through the last few years that – are turning into something. I mean, you, you'd be glad to roster James Cook right now in the NFL. Obviously, A-Chain absolutely blew up this past weekend. So, yeah, maybe Irving, maybe we shouldn't just write him off because of his size. He looks really good out there. Right. I, I agree with that. I, I I am that is the only reason I would be concerned about him is the the 194 pounds or 95 pounds. And is that really how much he weighs, or is he a good five to ten less? The not so good, of course. <laughs> It was bound to have a bounce back game. Colorado quarterback Shadir Sanders. It was ugly. Um, of course, if you watch the game, you heard the relentless reminders that their offensive line was terrible. It was literally every play in the second half, at least. But man, that was that was bad. How worried do you think we should be? None, some, a whole ton. What do you think? Uh, some, I think, you know, this was kind of his first real test. I mean, we, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But we look back and we're like, okay, clearly TCU is not that great this year. They were riding the, the coattails of last year's TCU team with that ranking and that being 20 point favorites over Colorado. So that win was okay. You know, Nebraska, nothing to write home about Colorado state. They're just okay. It took overtime to beat them. So I think Colorado, it's going to take another recruiting class or two for Dion to really get that team into the elite discussion. 
and Oregon's an elite team. So they were outmatched at basically every position. And that's tough. It's tough to overcome when your offensive line is getting trashed, when your receivers are not getting open. So you'd like to see a really special talent be able to find a way to overcome it and just put the team on his back. And obviously Sanders did not do that, but uh, it's hard to blame him. It's something to monitor moving forward. I think there were times where he he was a little bit happy feet with that pressure, a little bit trying to do too much, holding the ball too long, getting sacked, some of what you're seeing from Justin Fields right now in the NFL. But uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button off of one game against a clearly better football team. So really quick here, because I had this probably false expectation of his athleticism, you know, being – Deion Sanders kid, I just assumed that he was going to be just a completely electric, dynamic, elusive runner that nobody could tackle. And I know he often had multiple guys in his face, but what I saw more was a, a, a mobile quarterback, but, but Mm -hmm. not certainly not the kind of guy that, you know, is the, you know, the, 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 the cheat code from a fantasy perspective, like he's, yeah. he's not going to come in here and immediately get, you know, 1200 yards rushing. It's he's more of that, you know, the kind of elusiveness or the kind of runner that like Russell Wilson was when he was mm-hmm. young, Russell Wilson, and he'd get you, you know, six, and he's looking yards. like, this is actually one of the good traits about him. He's always keeping his eyes downfield. He's trying to escape pressure to make a throw down the field. He's not trying to escape pressure to run. So you're talking about more of a Bryce Young, CJ Stroud type of mobility rather than an Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, I think that's a good observation. I think you're exactly right about that. And and we like we like the arm talent. I mean, he he can make a lot of throws. So I think I think those are those are positive signs, even though this was obviously not his his best showing. Okay, we are going to discuss the Notre Dame Ohio State game plus some other weekend standouts as we have time and a little bit of a week five preview in just a minute. But first I want to make sure you know that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line, the entire RBB crew is drafting an underdog daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. And of course you can play the, the pick them lines where you do the over unders on receptions, rushing yards, passing attempts, everything you can possibly imagine. It's awesome. I I love those. It's my new thing. I do that instead of DFS and I enjoy it a whole lot more. So definitely want to get into underdog fantasy football, Ohio state, Notre Dame, fantastic finish uh, a bit of a, a meat grinder game as far as points it was not as aesthetically pleasing offensively as maybe we hoped from a, a Debbie perspective but let's go over the guys who looked good and it's it's Ohio State guys especially but who are <laughs> who are the guys that you thought stood out yeah my biggest takeaway from this game is that Travion Henderson is back he looked explosive I mean, this is a guy that Based on what I saw his freshman season, he has been my Debbie RB1 ever since Bijan graduated. I have held firm to the belief that last year he was just banged up. 
and not fully himself, and that this year he would show that he would was the unquestioned number one running back. And the first couple weeks, that take was looking a little shaky. Um, he's he's just not gotten off to a super strong start to the season. Uh, but watching this one, it was just obvious his explosiveness was back. He was great in the receiving game. He was breaking off explosive plays down the field, running it between the tackles, running it outside. He just looked really, really good. And in a, in a year where most of the running backs in the 2024 class are looking shaky at best, it was really good to see Travion Henderson step up in a big game and look like a difference maker. And so I had some concerns early on in the season. He answered those for me in this one. I'm, I'm all aboard back on. I never moved him down in my ranks. I just was a little concerned and I'm feeling a lot better about my ranking of him right now as the number one running back. Yeah, I agree. I, I still have him there as well. You, you spoke of the receiving game and we'll transition to that based on the, the one, one of the explosive plays by Henderson, the, the long touchdown, which, I got excited about as, you know, just a Debbie guy and a college football fan. And then at the same point mm. got nervous when I realized that Marvin Harrison jr. Was on the ground and the way the replay showed it, it looked I bad. was like, Oh no, he popped an Achilles. And it, it was just bad. like, I'm going to feel sick. And then he got up and he was okay. And he came back in the game Praise and God. it was, really tempting to just say, maybe you should just not play him anymore. And <laughs> throw him in bubble wrap for the rest get of Get ready for the draft, oh, Marvin. Dude. You're ready. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looked good like he always does. That was a scary moment. Glad he's okay. Um, I mean, we don't need to spend a ton of time on him because we all know Marvin Harrison Jr. is who he is. He is six foot four, like, what is he, 210? The whole pack. I mean, an incredible route runner. Incredible contested catch, the whole package. And he showed it in this one, too. He looked really good. Um, the other, his running mate, Emeka Buka, he looked fantastic. I mean, he was looking twitchy, separating, running some really, really crisp routes. And uh, and he, he had a big stat line in this one. He was uh, Kyle McCord's go-to receiver for a lot of the day. I was impressed with what I saw from Emeka Abuka. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've learned just historically in, in the recent years with this squad that more than one good fantasy receiver can come out of this offense. Also, and it's it's kind of rare to talk about the tight end, Kate Stover, looking pretty good. You know, usually mm -hmm. Ohio State, they're, they're so heavily talented at, at wide receiver that the, the tight end just doesn't get any looks. And that's always, mm -hmm. that was one of my uh, reasoning for liking um, the Jets guy Ruckert from, from Ohio state and, and it hasn't panned out yet. And I don't know if it ever will for him, but I, I like the limited things I saw from him at Ohio state, but Kate Stover, I'm wondering if maybe because a, this game was a little bit, you know, harder to move the ball offensively, but B because Kyle McCord isn't, isn't as good as CJ Stroud that he yeah. uses his tight end a little bit more. He's so more now we're seeing that over the middle. middle. He's more comfortable throwing it over the middle. And so Kate Stover is getting a lot of targets. He's had a couple big games already this year. Normally, I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to the tight end, especially at Ohio State. Like you said, I'm kind of preconditioned to just think, oh, Ohio State tight end, not going to be a thing. But he kind of popped off the tape to me when I was watching that game. He looked really good, made some 
some tough catches, looked really good after the catch, showing some traits that I think the NFL will like. And I've already heard NFL buzz on him. So he's a name to monitor. I know we don't talk tight end a ton on here, but he caught my attention for sure. I think um, he could end up being a top five tight end in his draft class. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Of course, the 2023 class, great class for tight end. So we'll see what 2024 has to offer. Of course, I already talked about Trig and not, not living up to the hype we had on him a year or two ago. We mentioned McCord not being as good, did not look fantastic in this game. I mean, from a Debbie perspective, is, is he, is he dead to you? Pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, he can't even run a college offense. So I'm not too interested in his NFL prospects. Like he's clearly holding that offense back. Um, they are not what they have been the last few years, even with all those weapons, because the guy that is supposed to be the point guard of the offense is just very limited in what he can do. He made some nice throws and he also made some really, really putrid ones. So yeah, Kyle McCord, not a Debbie asset to me. And then the other quarterback on the other side, Sam Hartman, he's been getting some buzz this season. I mean, Notre Dame, They've looked a lot better because they have Sam Hartman at quarterback and he's kind of elevated that team and, and he's had a really successful college career. And I think there's people wondering, like, should we be taking him more seriously as an NFL prospect? But I don't think so. I mean, I, I didn't see anything in this one that, I mean, obviously they, they lost a 17 to 14 football game, right? So the offense was only able to put up 14 points. His stat line was 17 for 25, 175 yards and one touchdown. Nothing to write home about. I mean, you didn't even get 200 yards passing. So I think he's a fine game manager type, but he's not going to put the team on his back. He's, he doesn't have elite mobility. He doesn't have elite arm talent. Uh, I, I just don't see much to get excited about with Sam Hartman. Yep, and he is another aged quarterback he will turn 25 about the time that the nfl training camps are starting next july so that's pretty old there you go on that all right we've got a little bit of time to talk about some of the other standouts and maybe not so good from the weekend from other games the first guy i'm gonna go homer and go go true freshman running back darius taylor university of minnesota now before everybody you know starts pointing fingers saying, Oh, you just love him. Cause he's a gopher. I there, I mean, I'm not super excited about him. First of all, you're, you're taking him in deep, deep Debbie leagues, not shallow ones. He's not up there yet, but what I'm watching when I see Taylor run is he's very patient and is willing to read the block and, and find the hole and get positive yards. He's got some nice, you know, quick shift, you know, like a, like a jump cut to, to get out of immediate danger. He can turn a, a potential negative, you know, play into, into something positive. He's not afraid to just, you know, wrap the ball up, lower, you know, lower the helmet a little bit and just barrel forward to get as much as he can. But in open space, you know, he can be a little more elusive and, and break tackles or, or at least not go down on the first hit. He's got really nice contact balance. So those are the things that I like. Uh, playing with Minnesota, we're not going to know how good of a pass catcher he is because they just refuse to throw the ball to their running backs much. And it's just one of many things I'm not a fan of with the Minnesota offense, but we won't get into that in great detail. (laughs) 
but but running, you know, he's going to put up stats as long as he's healthy. He did get hurt, so I'm still looking for more information on that. But I think there's some things to 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 like. I mean, if you if you're in a campus to can't league or, or college fantasy football, he's absolutely a guy you want because he will get a ton of touches in the Minnesota offense, and Minnesota mm-hmm. usually runs the ball, you know, very well. So those are things I like. I mean, there's nothing that I thought where he's like like ex- super explosive and dynamic and Ooh, this guy is, you know, awesome. I mean, but, but he does a lot of things. Well, is what I, that's yeah. my analysis. Well, anytime you, you get that much production this early as a true freshman, you got to at least take notice. Um, and I'll piggyback off of that. I'll go with a Homer. My NC state Wolfpack also has a true freshman that is balling out really early in his career. KC Concepcion, Kevin Concepcion. He looks really good. Uh, now he's a slot guy. He's a little bit smaller. He's listed at five foot eleven and one hundred eighty-seven pounds, and um, and he had a big game this week. And I was watching, um, like I always watch my NC State Wolfpack, and he was the go-to guy um, time after time as a true freshman. He's already established himself as the number one wide receiver in the offense. He ran some really nice crisp routes and got open, and. He showed a lot after the catch. He had one where he caught it over the middle of the field and he gave this really nice dead leg cut to get to the outside and housed it. So um, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Again, these are like deep Debbie league, like guys to monitor. This is not none of, neither of these guys is rostered. <laughs> I promise you in any of your Debbie leagues, maybe campus to Canton, but not in any of your Debbie leagues. And, um, and unless your depleted draft goes really deep, you might not even be looking at them, but I think, like you said, when a true freshman balls out like this, you got to take notice. So um, let's talk real quick about a couple other guys um, that have looked good. Xavier Leggett, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-seven pounds, and he looks fast. I mean, he had one play. I didn't watch the whole game, but I saw this highlight where he he took a a, a short pass and just absolutely dusted everyone he was running so far away from the, like, it looked like everybody else was running in slow motion. You're like, Whoa. I, I want to say he, he was recorded at like around 22 miles per hour on that one. I think I, I thought I saw that stat yeah. somewhere. It, I, I might be off by a little bit, but I'm not off by much. Yeah. He was lightning fast. And people are suckers for size and speed, man. Like suckers. This is why guys like Quentin Johnston and Traylon Burks get overrated every year. Um, so, I mean, he keeps <laughs> playing like this. And he's going to be a hot name come rookie season. He's definitely put himself on the map. He's been producing big time so far this season. And, uh, you know, from a college production standpoint, like his analytical profile is going to be terrible because he's, he didn't, has done nothing in his college career up until right now. And he's draft eligible this year, 2024. So he's wide receiver, South Carolina, if you didn't know. And, and he's really breaking out kind of a late breakout, but he's a name to keep an eye on. And it's a it's a loaded wide receiver class, and I'm starting to take him a little bit more seriously as a Devi asset. And then one other guy, Marshawn Lloyd. This is a name from the past, man. Former South Carolina, now USC. He, if you stay up late enough to watch him, he's actually looking really explosive this year. Uh, he was a guy with a lot of recruiting pedigree that dealt with some really tough injury stuff early on in his career. And he looks like he's got his explosiveness back. He's involved in the receiving game. He's clearly overtaken Austin Jones as the top running back for USC. 
So I think he's establishing himself as a little bit of a dark horse in the 2024 running back class for me. What do you think, Skip? Yeah, he was really talented, you know, coming out and got hurt at at the other USC, you know, <laughs> South Carolina. And then now at, at Southern California, he is absolutely balling. And this is exactly what we were hoping for when we went out there. I mean, averaging almost nine yards a carry. I mean, just just doing everything right. And, and it's exciting because we, we love the talent. And so that's, that's mm-hmm. a big time, you know, late, you know, kind of late arrival for a, a Debbie prospect. And he's got the size. He's not tall, you know, like five, nine, but two fifteen. So I like, I like that a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to skip over just because of time that the guys that maybe didn't look so good, that we've liked historically, but we'll, we'll talk to them and see how they bounce back. But, you know, kind of keep an eye out there, you know, true freshman UCLA quarterback, Dante Moore had a, had a tough game this past weekend. And then, and, and again, Matt Hicks mentioned this as well. Uh, Quinchon Junkins, Junkins at Ole Miss, not looking like the stud that he was a year ago. So not really sure, you know, what's going on there, but, but something to monitor for, you know, the next, couple of yeah. games with Judkins see if he can get I haven't had eyes it. on that. I haven't watched him. I've just seen the box scores and it's like, well, he's really not yeah, not looking so hot. But yeah, I'm going to have an eye. This is actually as we're about to preview games to watch this week. This is a guy that I'm going to have an eye on against a tough SEC defense in LSU. Um I'm going to I'm going to make a note make go out of my way to watch that game and see how Judkins looks in that one. Yeah, that that game's just full of Debbie you know, wonderfulness. You've got Dart, you've got Judkins, you've got Zakari Franklin, you've got Jaden Daniels, you've got Malik Neighbors, who I am falling more and more and more in love with every single game that guy plays. Just, man, target hog. He's exactly the kind of wide receiver I love in fantasy. So love that one. You know, I, I think the the Colorado, you know, trying to bounce back against USC. Of course, that's fun for me college football perspective but also from a, a Devi perspective everyone mm-hmm. knows the names there we just talked about Marshawn Lloyd the running back of course Shadur Sanders can can he do something there and oh yeah, yeah there's this give one down game but you know you go up against USC who notoriously can't stop a nosebleed and you throw out another stinker then we're going to be really concerned about Shadur Sanders so I want to see him bounce back right and and there's this Caleb Williams fella he he's pretty good yeah. for, for USC so may have heard of him. Texas versus Kansas you know, running back Devin Neal, who's looked fantastic this season, Jalen Daniels, you know, can they rise to the occasion on a big national stage against what's looking like a fantastic Texas defense? Anyone yeah. else you want to mention coming up in other games? I mean, look, the Texas side, we know that they've, they've got a lot of guys that have been performing well that we consider Debbie assets, whether it be yours, worthy, Jatavian Sanders, Jonathan Brooks looks like a guy we, we maybe need to, keep a closer eye on he's kind of overtaken Baxter for now in the backfield and had over a hundred yards this past week. But yeah, I, like you said, I'm really focused on the Kansas side of that. Devin Neal is a little bit of a dark horse name. He could really establish himself as a true top guy in the 2024 class. If he comes in and balls out against this Texas defense with everybody watching Riley Leonard gets a big test against Notre Dame. See how he does with that. And then the last one I'll mention Washington and Arizona, that's going to be some late night fireworks on the sicko slate. I mean, that's just offense everywhere in that matchup. Penix, Adunze, Jalen McMillan, Tet McMillan, Jacob Cowing, uh, just a lot of a lot of exciting Debbie players in one game. So 
if you can stay up late and watch that one, don't know that you'll see much defense, but you'll see a lot of Debbie guys making plays, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an effort. I'm I'm going to the Gopher game. You know, he, they're they're on the first the first slate uh, on Saturday, but I'm gonna maybe get in a quick power nap in the middle of the day and then make sure I can stay <laughs> up late. I got some friends coming over that night, so we'll stay up and have that on in the background. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. Enjoy week five coming up. Enjoy the awesome fantasy season and the gorgeous fall weather. For Matt, this is Skip. We will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.